Welcome to the Triumph of the Cross podcast. My name is Gus, and I will be your host today. And I would like to welcome you to the uh, season two premiere of my show. Uh, For those of you who listened to season one, I want to thank you for choosing to come back and continue to listen. And if you're a new listener, um, I'd like to welcome you. And I just want to give you a quick introduction of who I am, and then maybe uh, urge you as uh, time permits in your life to go back and listen to season one. So, like I said, my name is Gus. I am a Catholic convert. I have been Catholic now for um, almost 14 years. It'll be 14 years um, this spring. And I also uh, struggle with same-sex attraction, which in layman's terms means I'm gay. Uh, Which surprises some people when they find out that I'm Catholic and that I'm willingly Catholic, that I'm a convert. Um, But I do firmly believe in the church's teaching on sexuality, not just on homosexuality, but all of its teaching, marriage, contraception, abortion, all of it. Um, That's not to say that I haven't struggled and failed at times in my life, even recently, to uh, live what the church is asking that I live. Uh, But I do uh, believe it, and it is my my goal and my desire to be holy and to live for Christ. And uh, it gets harder and harder in this present world to do it um, with how much uh, just kind of hate there is for Christianity and for those who want to live for Christ and not for uh, physical pleasure. So with that short little introduction before I get off the rails, uh, let's uh, dive right into this episode. All right, so I just got to say before I start uh, this episode, um, I had this whole thing, this whole episode recorded uh, about a week and a half ago. And then when I went into edit, all of my audio came in grainy and like metallic-y sounding and lots of staticky background noise. I don't know what it is, um, but uh, I had so I had to re-record this entire episode. And I had done so well, I thought, my first go around. So uh, I'm a little disappointed, but hopefully this will be a, a good episode. So, uh, this is the first week of Advent, and so uh, if you're if you're not really familiar, um, I assume most of my audience, my tiny little audience, is Catholic. But if you're not, uh, Advent is one of our liturgical seasons. It is uh, the season where we are preparing not only to celebrate the mystery of Christmas, the birth of Christ into the world, but it's also a time of uh, preparation for um, Christ's second coming uh, when he comes to close out this age. But not only that, but uh, preparing ourselves to meet Christ, whether it's at the end of time or whether it's at the end of our um, life on earth. So this past Sunday was our first Sunday of Advent. 
And what I want to do is I want to talk about our second reading from Mass. So our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, and it's chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Brothers and sisters, you know the time. It is the hour now for you to awake from sleep, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced, the day is at hand. Let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly as in the day, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in promiscuity and lust, not in rivalry and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. Now, when I read this and, and, and hear this at Mass, you know, I'm very convicted. For those of you who have listened to season one all the way through, it's probably not surprising that a few of these things have uh, really, you know, stuck out to me. And so I, I just want to focus really on this one this one sentence from this reading where, where Paul says, let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And I think that when you put this sentence, this command in the context of Advent, this season of waiting, um, we can maybe begin to understand why waiting for God in general can be hard. I don't know about you, but I know for me, waiting is really hard. Waiting for God is really hard. And maybe it's because I don't know what I'm waiting for. Maybe it's because I don't know why I'm waiting or for how long I'm to wait. But I think the key is right in here in understanding why it is difficult to wait for the Lord. I think it's because we, ha we or at least myself, haven't truly begun this process or taken seriously this process of throwing off the works of darkness. And not just that, but then putting on the armor of light. I know that for me, when I give lip service, at least to wanting to throw off the works of darkness, I struggle because even if I begin that process of not committing works of darkness, I still find in my heart that I am longing for them. I find myself wishing that God's commands were different, that creation was a, a different place. Or if I'm not in that mindset, and, and I, I get myself to a place of um, 
or, or God gets me to a place of, you know, rejecting that, that mentality and that sin, I'm still focused on my works of darkness. I'm, I'm focused on them because I have a fear. I'm afraid that I will slip back into them if the, if if they're not removed in the way that I, I feel God should remove them, I still, I'm just still so focused on them and, and hating them and hating that I feel that they're a part of my life that will never go away. And I think that the only remedy for that is for us to really, really listen to what St. Paul says here. That it's not just throwing off these works and, and getting them out of our lives, but it's to put on the armor of light. It's not about just saying no to sin. Yes, we have to say no to sin. But our life is not a continual no. Our life is really about a continual yes. Saying yes to God I'm sure that's not the first time you've ever heard this. So, Paul here talks about what some of these works of darkness are. Orgies, drunkenness, promiscuity, lust, rivalry, jealousies. I mean, this isn't comprehensive, but I know I can pick out about 100% of them um, as being present in my life. What Paul doesn't really tell us a lot about here is uh, this armor of light and what that armor of light looks like. And there's many places in scripture, there's many places in the writings of theologians and saints and the fathers and all of that, that you could compile a pretty good list of um, what, could what the armor of light could consist of. Um, but I just want to talk about one um, possibility and one theory that I, I have. So I'm going to turn to one of our saints in the church. His name is St. Louis de Montfort. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with him, um, St. Louis de Montfort, uh, I believe he lived in the, the 18th or 19th century. And... Um, I believe he is from France, and he he had great devotion to um, the Blessed Mother, and he he kind of developed this this way of consecrating one's life to our Lord, to our Savior Jesus Christ, through the intercession and through devotion to the Blessed Mother. And so, right now, I'm in the uh, process of renewing that consecration to Jesus. And um, there's kind of this month-long process. And um, I'm coming up towards the end next week. Um, but in the beginning, in the first part, um, one of the days we actually read this scripture from St. Paul. And so then uh, St. Louis de Montfort has a, in his writing, he kind of has a response to this. So I'm going to read what St. Louis de Montfort wrote. He says here that true devotion to Mary is holy. That is, it leads us to avoid sin and to imitate the virtues of Mary. 
so he he um he kind of goes on with this thing i just mentioned that our life is not about just saying no but it's about saying yes we avoid sin but we imitate something very good and we start to live well and so he then elaborates on what these virtues of mary are he says <clears throat> her 10 principal virtues are deep humility lively faith blind obedience unceasing prayer constant self-denial surpassing purity ardent love heroic patience angelic kindness and heavenly wisdom now i think that whether you are catholic or not i think um all of these are, are evident in the scriptures and whether you are catholic or not and whether you believe in devotion or veneration to the blessed mother i think imitating these virtues um are something that i think we would all agree would be very very beneficial to the christian and would be a um able to be held up as a model for for communion with with god for a model of someone who loves god and wants to live for god and not for self and so i think when we reflect upon these virtues and if we choose to begin to imitate mary and, and imitate her anticipation of the lord imitate her in her preparing to receive him we can begin to realize what mary realized that god's kingdom is here and now that god comes to us in this world so as we are in advent and as much as we're waiting for and preparing for the next life it's important to realize that we have god here now with us in a significant way if we're open to it we don't have to wait long for the lord we just need to begin to remove the dark things that we do the the evil that we commit the sins that we we hold on to and begin to replace them with these gifts that God has has waiting for us and ready for us and to begin to put them on. That's what God wants for us. That's what he wants for us right here, right now. We each have so much brokenness in our lives and in our hearts. And God wants to heal it. He desires to heal it. Whether it's family wounds whether it's it's trauma maybe maybe something related to violence that you've suffered maybe it's an addiction maybe there's some very painful division in your life god wants to to heal all that he wants to go into those places and we don't have to wait for him we just have to respond to his invitation which is already here and now 
so often we we can't see that and we grow impatient with God, maybe with ourselves. And so we attempt to heal these wounds all on our own with uh, our different passions, food, drink, materialism, sex, lavish experiences. And yet at the end of the day, our wound is still there and quite possibly it might be in a worse state than it was before. But God is running towards us. He's not delaying. He's not tarrying. He has that ointment, that healing salve for our wounds, his blood. He's ready to share it with us. We don't have to wait. But we do have to be willing to endure the sting that comes from reopening these wounds that we've been poorly taking care of and to begin to remove that dirt and that muck and that grime out of our souls, out of our lives, and replacing it with, with the good things that God has for us, to replace it with virtue. And you know what? It might suck. It's going to suck. You know, if we've, if we've been so content with living in, you know, promiscuity, for example, and then we, we take that out of our lives and try to put in, um, well, what was the St. Louis de Fontford said? Surpassing purity. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a shock to the system and it's, it's going to hurt a little bit. Constant self-denial when you've been used to just shacking up and sleeping around, that might, that might hurt. So what do we do? How do we actually begin this process? It's a little daunting. But I think it starts with kind of taking inventory of our lives, taking inventory of our, our souls, our heart, our faith, our spirituality, our, our behavior, our actions. We have to ask ourselves these difficult questions. So I'll start with what does it mean for me and maybe others like me who are struggling with same-sex attraction? And maybe not even just generically struggling, but those of us who have uh, failed to live it and are, are kind of struggling with that. Because I've met a lot of guys and gals. Um, I didn't really talk about it in season one, but I used to be a part of a... Or in the place where I used to live, I was a part of the apostolate courage. And so I, I met my fair share of other Catholics who are struggling with this. And you know, some of us have acted on it and some of us haven't. And I think that that's, um, that can make our experiences very different when we ask ourselves these questions. So for me, one of the things I have to ask myself is, does my promiscuity make me happy? 
not does it bring me pleasure, but more does it fulfill me. You know, when I'm finished with the experience and I, I go home, you know, am I am I truly happy or am I worse for the wear? Now, I think some of us can quite easily um, delude ourselves, live in self-denial, that we can we can lie to ourselves when we ask ourselves this question because we're so desperate to keep the uh, our life together. But I think it's important when we reflect on this question to maybe not answer right there in the moment. Because humans, we can be quick to reject something that might make us acknowledge the status quo isn't all it's cracked up to be. Because we're so desperate to hold things together. And uh, we don't want to hurt our hurt or injure our, our own pride. I think another question I ask myself, you know, am I running from something when I uh, maybe go do something with a stranger? And what is it that I'm running from? Is it my own personal intimacy issues? Is it insecurities about my um, self-image? Am I dealing with... uh, past abandonment? Do I see myself as just a, a a piece of meat to be used? Is that how I see others? You know, another relevant question is, you know, as I, as I begin to answer these, I think another big question is, What wounds am I pretending don't exist? Or maybe what wounds have, do I have that others are telling me aren't really wounds, that they aren't a big deal. That is something to just get over. And I can honestly say I, I haven't talked about some of my deepest wounds yet on this podcast, even though, I mean, I have pretty much laid it all out there. A lot of like deeply personal and, you know, somewhat shameful things, but there's some really deep wounds that I have that um, other people have told me I just need to get over it and, and move on. And that's not helpful because I'm pretending that the wound doesn't exist. And if I pretend the wound doesn't exist, I can't give it to God. And I I can't understand my behavior and my choices if I don't understand some of the root causes. But then, you know, as I, as I finish or at least continue on this journey of exploring the inventory of my life, 
big question really becomes, have I brought any of this to God? I had a confessor once who, in the confessional, I was talking to him about some of these issues and sins at the time. And he asked me this question, have you brought any of this to God? And I said, yes, I had. And he said, let me rephrase this. I don't mean have you sat in the chapel and thought about these things and commiserated with yourself in the chapel. Have you told God these things? Have you told him what you're struggling with? Have you told him how frustrated you are? Have you truly brought this to Jesus and talked to him about it as you would with any other friend? Because if you haven't, you haven't actually brought any of this to God. And I think that's important for us. Don't just think about the things that you're struggling with, but bring them to God. Truly pray with them. When you when you when you're praying, you have to actually tell God these things, not just mentally think about them. Obviously, God already knows about them, but you have to start letting go and handing it over. So the questions that you might ask yourself might look different than mine because we, we each struggle with our own cross. But I think that these this is a good place to start. We're waiting for the Lord, but he's already here. But we have to begin to, to take off the old man and put on the new. We have to begin to cast off these, these, these sins and these, these passions that we have and begin to cultivate virtue in our hearts, to begin to put on the light and stop living in the darkness and stop being afraid of the darkness. And that's what Advent is all about. Advent is about Christ coming into these dark places and illuminating them, scattering the darkness and replacing it with light. And that's, that is just as much for me as it is for you, for all of us. So let us start off our Advent journey by really taking to heart and exploring in our lives the places where we still need to, to start scattering the darkness and allowing Christ to come in and illuminate us and cooperate with that light, to cooperate with this desire of God to make us new, to make us more like him, to commune with him. He wants to give you every good thing And those good things are more than just material possessions. They're more than just social media followers. They're, they're more than living the awoke life. They're, they're more than that. The good things God wants to give you, the best things that any of us can have in life 
are the interior gifts. Those things which stand regardless of your circumstances. Well, with that, let's wrap up this episode. I want to thank you for coming back for season two, or if you're a new listener, for joining me. If you liked this episode, please subscribe. Um, It's available on virtually any podcast platform that you could imagine. And if you thought it was okay, decent, good enough to share, please share it with a friend who might um, be interested in this message. And uh, if you're new, uh, maybe go take a look at season one, where I basically share my story from the time I was born uh, until yesterday, really. So take a look at that. There's about, I want to say, eight or nine episodes. Some of them are quite long, and um, but they give you a, a pretty good picture of who I am. So my name is Gus. This is the Triumph of the Cross podcast, and I hope to see you again next Wednesday um, where we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Immaculate Conception. So have a great week and a wonderful start to your Advent season.